let's move to MotoGP then. Let's talk about the guys in the big bikes. Let's talk about the big bikes. Um, we got a ton of new faces. Uh, you know, moving up from Moto2, we got Remy Gardner and Raul Fernandez. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Obenzecki is moving into the, the Mooney VR46 team. Um, Fabio de Gian Antonio. Dare, Fabio de Gian Antonio is moving up. Uh, Darren Bender making the huge leap. Um, and if testing is any indicator, man, you're going to love that medium shirt that you wear. Um, but what do you, what are your thoughts this year? I mean, we talked about kind of the Marquez storyline, which I agree. Uh, it, to me, the Marquez is the biggest storyline because the old Marquez battling with this new group of Francesco Bagnaia yeah. and, yeah. uh, and Fabio Quartararo and I mean even in and, Bastianini, and Alex he Rins was so and, strong on a two year old bike and, last well, year, you know? Woo. Woo, yeah. I mean, I'm expecting to see him do some things too. Yeah. Uh, but you know, and 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 Mir and I just think all the Ducatis are gonna be pretty strong. I think uh Fabio is gonna be Fabio, great rider, world champion, defending it, gonna go hard. Morbidelli is gonna be back to his old physical self, so that should bode well for the factory Yamaha team, that they have two uh, healthy riders. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, KTM, they were on the struggle bus in the preseason. Yeah, um, and they're, 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 they've been on the back, fi- they're, back foot they're for a while. Their tech guys did you know? okay, but yeah. Listen, I think what KTM is learning is what Ducati learned a long time ago, and that is if you're a... If you're a fifty billion dollar a year company, it's really hard to compete with a five hundred billion dollar a year company. And the R and D department at KTM is no slouch. They're great engineers. They really are. But they don't have the same number of engineers, right? Like it's just sheer numbers game to me. Um also they're in the V twin world. And so they have to do things a little differently than the inline. Um they they have, it looks to me, on some levels, followed a little bit about what Ducati has done because their their motors are similar um, in terms of weight and structure and torque and revs, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But in in truth, they are on the back foot, and they, they've got to make some big steps forward to get their guys to the front. I mean, we saw Brad win a heroic race last year, Um how nobody knows <laughs> nobody yeah. knows but um you know i, I think I, I you're right they're on the back foot there's really nothing else that you said but honda has improved their bike so maybe pole spark grows a bit more competitive rather than finishing in 10th uh maybe alex marquez is a bit more competitive consistently because we know if he gets a good feeling with the bike he can be very fast he showed us that um, so, I mean, that's it. But for me, the biggest story of the year is which Marquez shows up 2019 Marquez or 2021 Marquez. I think that's a fair point. I think that's where everyone's eyes are going to be at the beginning of this season. And even throughout the season, the first weekend, there's going to be so much media attention in the HRC garage, um, or excuse me, the Repsol garage. It's just... You're right. What Marquez is going to show up this year 
Um, and, and what kind of fire is he going to bring to the track every Sunday? Um, yeah, I think we're yeah. going to see a lot more well, frustration if the bike hasn't been developed. You know, in the past, there's not really been a whole lot of displayed frustration. I'd say, you know, Marquez has been a pretty stoic figure uh, for the most part in the inside the garage. You know, sometimes you can see some frustration. Sometimes you can see that emotion start to kind of spill over. But I think he's reaching a point in his career. And I think he reached a point of frustration last year. Um that was probably onset by the physical limitations he was still going through and healing, but also knowing sure. that the bike was um, inadequate for what he really needed. It was not competitive in certain aspects. And when he was, when he did go through those crashes and he had those big crashes, you know, and some of the ones that he did have, um, it, the frustration started to show a little bit, you know, and I think there's a bit of desperation too to Honda to, to for him to say, give me a bike that I can ride, I can consistently win on, you know, he can win in certain tracks yep. as long as they have so you know, the left-handed tracks that he's always dominated on with the exception of Aragon because, but I, I think Aragon showed him that something has to be done quickly because what he experienced at Aragon, he's not experienced for a very long time. You know, he's not been able Maybe to... Maybe ever in MotoGP. Yeah. Right, yeah. The, the, the closest to that we've seen probably was Andrea Davizioso on a Ducati at, at Red Bull, right? Or at the, the uh, Red Bull ring. Yep. So I do agree yep. that I think that's where a lot of the attention is going to be at. For me personally, what I want to watch and what I'm hoping for is what you said, that Franco Morbidelli is back to physical form and is, is, good, is comfortable on a factory bike now and is going to come out and be competitive. It was second place two years ago, you know, in the championship. And and I really thought that you know, Franco Bormadelli has championship pedigree in him to to be able to be a MotoGP champion. Fantastic rider, fantastic he's guy in the champion, paddock. Yeah. You know, to me, I think that he's a guy that if you would pick a, pick a rider out and say, yeah, he really deserves to be a champion. You know, I think Franco Morbidelli has got to be on that short list. I, I wouldn't disagree with you. I, I think... Um... I think he's got a real shot. I mean, he, I think his teammate, of course, has one too. I think Yamaha has a great lineup. I think they've done a good job with two really, really talented riders in their paddock. But I think there's a little but, bit of the bike development question with them exactly. as well. That, that was going to be remodel. It's like, yeah, they've got fantastic riders, but have they given them the best package that they can actually provide? That's the concern that I have. And I think they, that's the concern that Fabio Quattararo actually so, brought no. up in, in preseason testing. No, I agree. I don't think that the bike is where it needs to be, especially when you consider just how strong uh, Francesco Bagnaia was last year on a Ducati, present Ducati. And then look again, Enea Bastianini. I hate to beat the drum uh, you know, with him, but a two-year-old bike, and he's doing phenomenal things on a two-year-old bike. So uh, Yamaha yeah, really has he, to look around he, he a bit, was, and maybe they have to go back and figure out their mentality about you know maybe we should put some more power in the bike maybe we should develop the engine a bit more or maybe we well, should actually put a little more power but not much right right um, obviously it's not going to be an over a, a, a massive reinvent the wheel change but i i'm just curious if they're not continuing to add more and more power to that bike uh, that engine if they are possibly developing a v4 engine in the background I think you're giving them too much credit. <laughs> I don't think they. You just hate because, Yamaha. Look, I, I, no, I guess maybe. But the the thing <laughs> is, is that I I don't hate Yamaha, but what I hate is their approach. I hate the approach that in the 
age of technological advancement, and I say that because we've watched Ducati. Think about the number of technological advancements Ducati has made that the rest of the paddock has copied just in the last five years. Yeah. Ducati has figured out how to make a bike a rocket in a straight line. And then until last year, they struggled a little bit with the turning, right? They, They could not quite turn as well as the Yamaha, but in a straight line, it was never a contest. So last year, though, they closed that gap significantly, which is a technological advancement. Now, Yamaha has not, in turn, since Valentino Rossi came back from Ducati, they have not made significant progress with their motor power, the power being produced by that power plant. They do not do it. They haven't done it for nine years. So for me, as a rider, I don't want to go to a place when I that I have to sit and ride a great handling bike. Man, it's beautiful in the turns. But seeing someone leave me, even though I'm on the throttle before they are, every corner, every straight, that's demoralizing. And we talked about the way the Yamaha has to be ridden. They need to be out front so that they can carry that corner speed. But well, the problem it, they ran into over and over last year was that they could not get out of the pack fast enough. So You know what I mean? Even beyond and, that, though, even beyond the fact that they're they're swallowed up in the pack, if they don't get to run their own lines and they, they don't get to build those gaps with corner speed – there is still a huge variable that Yamaha throws at every season because of exactly what you're saying, and that's the unknown weather uh, issue. Because a Yamaha is not a strong bike in yeah. wet weather. And and I think I made the comment to you last year, well, it's really hard to carry corner speed when you can't even lean the bike. And I think that that's part that's of right. where they rest on that laurels of the fact that, well, we have a really good handling bike when we can carry so much corner speed, and the acceleration has been lacking. Val- Valentino Rossi always complained about it. Obviously, the top speed's not there, and you know, oh, it's a, like you say, it's a great handling bike, but if it doesn't also, if it can't perform in all conditions competitively with the rest of the pack, then what are you? You're really, really rolling the dice when you approach a season and you haven't yeah. addressed that issue. That's right. Well, to your point. Yeah, it, they try to roll those dice every year. Yeah, yeah, they do. And you know, I, I I'm very interested to see how Yamaha fares this year, especially with eight spaceships on the grid. And I say spaceships for Ducati yeah, because they yeah. are that fast. But you know, Luca Marini and Marco Bezzecchi are riding actual up to date, not up to date, but actual GP twenty one cycles this year. Yeah. No. Yes, they're riding GP21s. Okay. So, which was a very competitive bike. It was a great bike last year for, um, for uh, you know Francesco Bagnaia right, and right, Jack right. Miller. Yeah. I think Jack Miller. Speaking of Jack Miller, I think he's on the bubble. Um, but I think it's going to be very interesting to see what kind of development they come up with because if your factory bike is not 
competitive in a straight line, then your with you Yamaha RNF MotoGP team is going to be back there pedaling. And that's just not. Tech 3 Yamaha before Tech 3 left, Tech 3 Yamaha was never that bad. They were always competitive. And they actually won some races. Tech 3 Yamaha and Patronus Yamaha and RNF Yamaha, they're not the same. Because the bike that Yamaha is putting out there is not the best bike on the grid by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but the bike that is the best, in my opinion, the Ducati, there's there's eight of those suckers out there this year. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean... and. You know how much uh, of a not fan I, of Ducati I really am when it comes to you know motor motorcycle manufacturers, but there is nothing I can argue about the fact that Ducati has really stacked the deck in their favor as a manufacturer. They have dumped money into R and D, the un, un, yep. you know unprecedented amounts of money into R and D. The partnerships they've created with yep. other manufacturers and other industries, they've got that backing. You know, it's easy for them to procure. R&D and, and man hours and, and create these new innovations because they have a far reach to them. Yep. And, you That's know, we right. talk well, that... they It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's it. I don't know. It, it's going to be... I don't want to see the Ducati... I don't want to see, you know, six Ducatis in the top 10 every race. But... Um, we might, though. I think we're going to at least see four... It's hard to bet against the Pramac team, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, they they really rode well last year. Martin is a phenomenal rider. Obviously, Zarco is a great rider in his own right, a two-time world champion in Moto2. But, I mean, I think Jack has to do really well this year or Martin's taking Jack's seat. That's what I think. Um, you know, when you first made but, the comment, you think Jack Miller's on the bubble. I didn't want to agree with that but as soon as you change the picture to you know address Jorge Martin's rise I think it's a very valid concern now uh I do th- I do think it ha- it holds validity um th- the you problem think is I you say know, things without thinking is that what you think sometimes absolutely okay too short. anyway all right you I agreed with Proceed. you you still want to get and you still want to <laughs> argue no I it, want you to argue with me speaking of bubble riders Let's let's talk bubble riders. I it, it's hard for me to think that Takanakagami is not on the bubble, but I think because of the Asian team and Honda, I I don't want to say I feel like he's got a free pass to be in MotoGP, but he has not delivered the results no, that I think not. he's capable of. No, I think he should think, be on the bubble. I think it's. You think he should be on the bubble after riding the team Scooby Doo bike? He didn't even have the factory Scooby Doo bike. I, he had the mystery van reject, mystery machine reject bike. Come on, man. Points I, are points, man. I and don't he, agree he, with that at all. How many times did he throw the bike up the road? Oh. How many times did he throw the bike up the road? How many times did Marquez throw it up the road? You did, Rock, yeah, Nakagami Everybody doesn't have a four-year twenty. He doesn't have a contract that goes till twenty twenty-four either. Oh yeah. Well, guess what, Bo? What? Takanakagami is not on the bubble. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Takanakagami, if he leaves LCR Idemitsu Honda, it is because he wants to. Um, 
they're not going to, he's not going to go anywhere because this guy, you're right. He has not had the results he was supposed to get, but that, how many times has that bike let them down in terms of him, Marquez, the other Marquez and Espargaro? Honda knows that if, if Marquez goes out and wins every race this year, all those dudes are in trouble. <laughs> but but Marquez is not going to do that, in my opinion. So I don't agree with you that he's on the bubble. I do think Jack's on the bubble. I, and, I, and I also think that, uh, believe it or not, I think Alicia Spargaro is on the bubble. But that bubble may not be hard to stay on because who wants to go to Aprilia? A <laughs> Moto2 guy. I mean, really, that's it. So, you know, I, I, let's talk about what you expect from your man this year, Rev Bomb Vinales. What do you expect? You know, I, I really, I, I, it's so difficult with him. Um, because you kind of want to, you don't want to bet against the guy because he does have, he does have speed on Sundays, but his speed on Saturdays is unmatched. And I think that was a little bit more testing. He was fast and testing, I think. But as far as, you know, we don't know what race pace looks like. We don't know what it's going to be like whenever he doesn't have a good setup for the race. We don't know what it's going to be like whenever he decides to throw a tantrum um, mid-race. I, I think that he's just, he's still too much of a wild card for me. He's, yeah. You know, and it's not the first time. Last year, um, the year before, it's it, it was not the first time that Vinales had a meltdown. I think that some people forget about that. Is that you know when he was still rocking the uh, was it the twenty the number twenty five when he was uh, wearing it that he yeah. reinvented himself or he tried to reinvent himself with Yamaha to kind of come down and to take his his emotions out of the equation a little bit between seasons. I think it might've been between the 2018 and 2019 season. Um, and I think I he had gotten that, yeah. a new coach. So there was still, there were still some emotional and some mental hurdles that Vinales was working through. Fast forward to Austria when we decide to blow up the engine after a race. Um, so to me, that's that, that we didn't get over those, right? They're still there. So what's to say that the same thing nope. is not going to happen um, on this new bike that he's still learning, you know, he's still getting, he's still developing. Um, and I still, still stick with what I said earlier that Vinales is not a development rider. I'm, I'm going to take what you say and go a step further. I'm going to say that Vinales is no longer a competitive a consistently competitive Moto GP rider. You just say that because you don't want to have to go buy an Aprilia this year. Listen, I have no qualms about that. I didn't I've forget that. I've always wanted an RSV4 factory. <laughs> I don't want you to forget it. I also didn't want you to forget when you're going to be wearing this super small shirt when Darren Bender <laughs> is three seconds so, off so, the pace. So wait, like wait, he wait, wasn't wait, wait, wait. You just said so. <laughs> so we got to we have to change the rules of the bet, and I'll tell you why because. You you what? get to pick the size of the shirt that I wear, right? Uh, I'm not gonna put you in like uh, my wife's shirt. We're well, gonna I'm, pick I'm the gonna style you, of shirt, right? Let's, let's let's. I'm gonna pick the style of shirt. Yeah, no, okay. I'm not. Well, I get to pick if your it's Aprilia. A little bit tight. Then I, I get to pick your Aprilia. Oh, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, 
No, I get an no, RSS no, feed no, 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 no. I get to pick the Aprilia. That's what the bet was. No, it's it, on. We'll it, have to it find. It was. It. It's an RSV for Parked okay, Intern we'll Nation. But here's the homework for you: find the episode and tell us what RSV the bet was. <laughs> yeah, because Bo's not going to research that. I have the worst <laughs> research department of any podcast anywhere. I have the worst um, social media department of any podcast. I don't know. <laughs> Hey, we're out here having fun. There's another reel coming for everybody tomorrow. <laughs> Just be excited. Um, but no, I, so Maverick, I'm in no danger of buying that Aprilia. <laughs> Maverick's not going to win the world championship. Maverick is not only not going to win the world championship, I don't think Maverick competes for a race win. You have to you have to take in the odd weather situation, crash situation. Mm-hmm. There's no way he's competing for the podium in more than three races this year. No way. And well, let me say competing and finishing. There's no way he finishes on the podium in three races this year. And okay. that's my opinion about him. Because okay. I, I don't think the bike is that good. And I don't think he has the mental toughness to just go do the best that he can. He's going to see people, you know, gapping him and everything. And I think that yep. marriage yep. will turn sour. And I, yep. I do think that. And I, I think, you know, it'll only take one comment from Aleish about <laughs> something that Aleish wants to tell everybody through social media and the interview process. Because if there is a family that airs all their grievances through the media oh, of any kind, it's the Aspargaro brothers. They're it's not unreal. shy. They're not so, shy in front of a camera. No, they're sure. not shy. No, they and they love it, and they and they it keeps their name in the in relevant. the headlines because otherwise, yeah, because otherwise they're irrelevant. They really are. Um, but you know, let's see what Pole does. Pole looked fast in some parts in the preseason. Let's see how Pole does with this new bike when the race season comes on. Francesco Bagnaia has got to be the favorite, though. Am I right? I mean, he's got to be. I got to go with is you. It, I have to agree yeah. with you. I can't. I can't argue that. I want to as much as I can, yeah. but the way that last year turned out, I think it. Man, no, he's going to be tough this that's year. That's what you got. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, I think I, so. I, we talked about a little bit his approach on the testing and how much I like that. Um, no need to set a fast qualifying lap. Nope. I'm not qualifying here. No race start. I need to get this race pace, and he did it. But so, so is that your pick for the favorite this year? Is it Bagnaya? You got the pick, low hanging fruit. I'm scanning. No, 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 no. I'm going to scan. Oh, you're scanning. I'm looking at the grid, well, man. I'm if looking you pick at, someone uh, else. Yeah, I, I, well, I have to just to spite you, right? Right. You have to pick. I mean, who else are you going to pick? Like, legitimately, who else you could you pick? So we both know that Francesco's go the favorite. Let's I, not I, even try to argue it. I think Jorge Martin might bring a fight this year. Mm. Do we need to wager on it? That's a, uh, I mean, that's kind of a Hail Mary pick, I think, just because the. Okay, so you're going Hail Mary. Kind of a dark horse. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Championship. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I, I have a dark horse for the championship as well. And, and my dark horse for the championship this year is Jean Mir. Because Suzuki made some significant improvements on the motor and the power delivery, uh, according to all the stuff I read. So, Joan Mir, and you notice I didn't pick his teammate. 
So no 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 yeah I w- and I was gonna ask you once Crash Bandicoot over there. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna ask you like so speaking of Suzuki let's talk about the other side of that stable you know what are you thinking about Alex Renz what's yeah. what do you th- is he on the bubble he's this year? definitely on the bubble I agree I, I think he was on the bubble last year um, he put himself there so he's definitely on the bubble but here's the thing about Alex Renz like it is unbelievable to me to watch how different his laps can be. He can run with anybody on that grid. He can do it. But then for three laps, he will blow five corners. <laughs> and it's 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 the most insane thing in the world to me. I, I but again that comes down to focus and mental toughness and those things. So maybe Alex is a little bit lacking there, but I think Alex was just ready for last year to be over. Like after the first eight races of the year, he yeah. was like, you know what? <clears throat> I hate motorcycles. And I, <laughs> then he ran into a parked car. <laughs> oh. Oof. So when it rains, it pours. And I think he was like, okay, all right. Somebody's teaching me a lesson. You know, I think he's refocused this. He did pretty well. I thought he did pretty well in the, in the preseason testing, but you know, when the lights go out on Sunday, we will know. And if if he's at the top of his game, he's capable. We know that. And Suzuki, with the improvements they've made to the bike, maybe that will contribute to Alex not having to push as hard as he's been known to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know. Uh, maybe he feels like he could bet. Yeah, so... He we'll was see. able to get I mean, a lot of really, really good starts. So, I mean, if they've made a lot of steps with that engine, I mean, it could be the race starts could be scary for Suzuki. Yeah. You know, I mean, they could be really strong right out of the yeah. gate. And, and well, and they have the squatting device, and we saw how effective the initial use of the lowering device coming out of corners was right. for Joan Mir. Now, some of the other tracks, they they kind of struggled, and then he didn't use it in some tracks because he was struggling with it, and yada yada. But I'm telling you. Jean Mir on a bike that's and last year's bike to me wasn't that competitive, but Jean Mir on a on a on a competitive bike to the Ducati is going to give Francesco Bagnaia all he wants. And if you throw a Mark Marquez in that mix, oh man, because Mir does not suffer fools and he is not afraid of the former world champion. He, he does too not care about big reputations. Yeah. Or he no, doesn't care about no, no, big no. reputations at all. No, it, you know, and you know, he and he and uh, Jack Miller have gone head to head. They're 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 kind of butted heads a few times, and uh, he doesn't care. He he just he's out there to win, and I respect it. So we'll see, man. I, this year, I would love for KTM to get competitive. I would love to see Oliveira reco- recover the form that he had two years ago. Same, I would yeah, love absolutely. to see all of that, but I, I, I just, I just don't think it's going to be there for them. Um, and you know, they won some races and they lost their concessions. So their testing ability went down. Um, you know, the motor thing is a, is a big deal. Uh, so, you know, we saw Apriya was able to get all the extra testing in this year, right? They were there mm-hmm. with the rookies, uh, and test riders. Um, because they were able to. So extra time on track is a big deal, and the concessions help these developing manufacturers, and once you get out of them, you kind of slide back a little bit, I think, and that's what we saw with 
with uh with KTM and and, and we're seeing the Aprilia really improve last year, a much improved bike versus the previous year. And if they make the same step this year, they could be very competitive, but I haven't seen it in the times in preseason. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I agree. Are you, are you quitting? No. You're, you're done? <laughs> oh, you had to. I'll oh, I'm sorry. It. I'm sorry, guys. I forget that Bo's the master of the dramatic pause. <laughs> I, 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 He gets me all the time. Bo, please proceed. No, I was just thinking about KTM and the uh, the Tech Three team. Um, I was going to ask you your thoughts on what Don't you expect yourself. out of. You done? <laughs> <laughs> what do you expect out of Raul Fernandez this year? Growth, I think. Experience gaining. Um, I, I I do think Raul Fernandez is going to put a couple. I think he's going to put a few top tens up there. I think he's going to even get a couple of top fives. Uh, there may be the odd podium. Um, we'll just have to see. The bike itself is going to depend that is going to dictate that to me. Um, it's going to depend on that. I, I, but you know, like I said, you always have to account for lots of crashes or a big crash involving a lot of riders and weather and you know. Um, so he's he's definitely there between him and Remy Gardner. I expect him to be the better finisher at the end of the year, like with more I can't points argue than Remy Gardner. Yeah, I mean, that, where are you? That no, I absolutely agree with that. I think that I don't want to take away the um, uh, inequality to the championship that Remy, Remy Gardner won last year in Moto2, but I do think that Raul Fernandez was uh, definitely nipping on his heels, and I think Raul Fernandez he was made just, uh, just one too many mistakes to lose that championship. Um, yeah. But I do think if you yeah. hit the reset button on the championship, I, I would almost imagine that Raul Fernandez would come away with that championship again between the two. But um, like I said, not to take anything away from Remy Gardner because he was there. He he made sure that he finished where he needed to finish. He put all the the necessary points up that he needed to, and he earned his championship. Um, but no, I do think that Raul Fernandez may have that edge right now in that garage. And um, I, I'm interested to see what he's going to do. Um, I've made We've made a lot of comparisons. I've made a lot of comparisons to another former rider in MotoGP with him. Uh, I'm just, I don't want to count him out solely because of the bike just yet. I, I, I don't think the bike is. It's definitely not as as much of a dumpster fire as you know uh, an older Aprilia or even a Yamaha. I think at this point, oh no, it's not, not at all. a Ducati, no, no, no. right? We know that it's no, it's not a Ducati. It's not to the technological advancement level. Nothing it's not, is a Ducati. It's not bro. to the Nothing's depth chart. Ducati, you know, it's, it doesn't have the depth that the Ducati has on the grid to get all the data. Um, but it's not in such a poor form like a Honda is to where it's not a competitive bike in in the wrong hands. Um, so I th- and I think that Raul Fernandez possesses the adaptation and the discipline and the talent to mix all that together with a bike that's slightly not as competitive as it could be and make that bike, take the bike to the next level and to be able to elevate that just a little bit to improve those chances. Um, I think he possesses that and I think that we'll see that early in the season. Yeah, I, 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 there's no, no questioning the kid's talent. Um, I think the question will be, you know, if he progresses evenly this year, uh, gaining experience on the bike, gaining experience racing with the top level guys, all that will be big for him. And we'll see what happens. I, I think Remy 
is a good, a really, really good rider, and he's a world champion. Right. I think Raul Fernandez can be transcendent. I, I think he can be an, a five, six, seven-time world champion. I really do. Um, I don't see that same future for Remy at this point. Um, but, you know, hey, Remy, prove me wrong. I'm not saying you're terrible. I, I don't think that. I just... That's the feel I get from Raul Fernandez. Um, he's got a lot of Marquez qualities about him. Um, he's got a lot of Lorenzo qualities yeah, about him. That's what so, I see the most, though, uh, is the consistency. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. But I think, you know, we're going to see just how good Luca Marini can be on a 21 Ducati, and Marco Bezzecchi is going to be learning his way around mm-hmm. MotoGP. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a, and then of course, Enea Bastianini has to be considered a dark horse because last year on a two-year-old Ducati, he was just on fire. And if he continues that form on a 21, that guy's going to be breaking some hearts and and standing on top of that box. I can guarantee it. I think so. Uh, I mean, you know, we talked about the fact that you know the the old GP twenty, I think, is what was what he was on, possibly was uh, or a GP nineteen, possibly even. He was on the nineteen. Um, he was on the you know, nineteen. That, that yeah. was a bike that was supposed to not be able to turn very well, and he was right. That's right. He was wrestling that thing all around the place and and doing very well and podium with it. So, um, you know, Dan Rocket Dan made a comment that he asked me, he's like, do you think that you know the, this new age riding style of these guys, these younger riders coming up kind of complements the bike a little bit more and makes it easier. They, they're able to make the bike turn better, you know, and, you know, maybe he's got some, some, uh, concrete, you know, a validity there with that comment and he can, you know, see something there, but, um, what, who knows? What is the, what is the new riding style? I think he's referring to, you know, well, how, some- how far they're getting off the bike and the way that they're, they're the body, oh, the body position right. inputs well, and stuff oh, like yeah. that, you know? Well, I think I think you're right. I think that as if you watch those, we, we talk about watching the old races with the Rainies and the Schwanzes and the Spencers and the Lawsons. They did not lean like that. They we call that crossed up now. The way they used to ride those bikes. Do you remember? Right. Yeah. You ever watch them? And 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 even if you look at Valentino in his in the beginning of his career, yep. he was riding that way. Mm-hmm. And so we call that now. We call it crossed up. So right. So the bike had to or the the riders had to adapt to the bike a little bit but with the riders willing to lean far enough to drag their entire humerus on the ground elbow to shoulder then the bike had to catch up and uh and they're doing it so i don't know it might be the chicken or the egg i don't i don't know you know it might be that argument but i don't think dan's wrong i think that uh you know and they had just figured out how to get the most out of that 19. Right. Maybe it was a style that just suited him and he'd always ridden that way. And it was just a match made in heaven, but we know the 21 turns better. And I, I'm not a hundred percent. I only think the pre Mac and the factory teams are on the 22s. So, you know, but that could be wrong. I don't remember. Um, but, you know, we'll see. He's going to get an updated bike, and if it's the twenty-one, oh man, you're right. Like, watch out, because yeah. Anaya Bastianini is coming. He's coming. So it, it's going to be 
an exciting year. It's always an exciting year. But this year, the silly season, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to see who's signing where because there's a huge number of riders without a contract next year. Right. Yep. So, I mean, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, you know, I wonder if somebody like Darren Bender, who if he doesn't have a good season, doesn't get caught out because let's say someone like an Alex Rands loses his seat at um, at Suzuki, but Darren Bender's only on a one-year contract too. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? Right. Yep. Like So he he may not really get a fair shot, which would be sad, but, you know, it, I think that's just racing. It's just the way it is. And Alex Renz is going to bring a ton of sponsorship money and experience. So, you know, these guys have all, they're all fighting for, a lot of them fighting for their jobs. Like we mentioned Jack Miller. Mm-hmm. We met Paul Spargo. We mentioned uh, Alicia Spargo. Uh, I think Maverick Vinales is is only the last year of the deal. They signed it for half last year and this year. Um, it just the list goes on and on and on. So we'll see. But I'm to say I'm excited is an understatement. Um, to see these guys on TV again, to sit in front of the TV on Sunday morning and watch motorcycle racing. That's my happy place, man. <laughs> I am fired yeah. up. Well, I mean, this I weekend really you're going to be there. I mean, oh, man. So much better. But, um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I think we kind of covered what we can do. Uh, we're not the experts, but we are the most influential podcast based in the Southeast United States covering MotoGP. World Superbike and Moto America. I mean, Bo, is that a true statement? I'll give you a B plus for that. But yes, you're accurate. <laughs> oh, you didn't like my you didn't like my my delivery. But, uh, come but on, it, it's it's okay. Uh, Keep practicing. You're gonna get there. You you'll get. You know, <laughs> it's good. It, I mean, it's not it's not great, but it's good. We it's something to work with. You know, there's there's we can do it. All right. Well, you know what? First of all, that's hurtful. Secondly, you could have done that when we were off the air, but I totally get it. Um, yeah, I, I, look, I'm, I'm excited for this. I'm excited to see the dogfight that will be World Superbike next year, um, and or this year, and Moto America should be exciting as well. Um, and I'm, I'm over the moon, man. I mean, we got we have this race, and then I think. Uh, is Coda the second or third race this year? Is it the third race? I don't have the schedule. Up I think in front they of do me. Argentina. Oh well, you know that's 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 our research department, folks. <laughs> the absolute worst. At least folks know that we're not scripted, uh, yes, and you come up the, and you throw questions at me that I'm supposed to know off the top of my head. So, well, I, I, you know, and I wasn't even correct. It's the fourth race of the year. Oh, so usually previously coda had been the second race you had qatar and then they were off for like a month but this year they're running uh at the mandalika circuit on the 20th of march and then to argentina on the 3rd of april and then the very next week shooting up to the old circuit of the americas i mean and then it's back to the europe i i really hope that this season goes off with no hitches from a virus or uh, a guy over in Russia attacking whoever moves, um, you know, 
I'm not being political. I just hope that none of that impacts the racing because they are going to try to go to Finland and, you know, in terms of proximity, that's not great. Um, right. But we shall see. We shall see. And um, I, I'm always so excited. It, it amazes me as many years as I've been watching this, how excited I get on the first race week every single year. It's just, it, I can't, I just can't handle it. I love it. I love it. Um, but Bo, did you have anything else to add? No, I think we, uh, we touched on just about everything that we can touch on. We, uh, spent a lot of time talking tonight about everything that we're, that's coming up and what we're going to see this year. So I think we've, uh, now all that's left to do is just sit back, kick our feet up and watch the races, watch it all unfold. Absolutely. Well, I'll keep doing uh, funny stuff on our social media. If you're not following us, please do on Facebook and Instagram. We're parked in turn one, and the one is a number. Um, and you'll see our logo there. And just give us a follow, and we'll keep putting up some content. Uh, and, of course, announcing when we have our new podcast out. But, uh, both, that's all you've got. I think I'll sign us off. Uh, you know, if you're out there riding on the street, headed to the track this weekend, I know that the race season is starting to get going. A lot of you testing. We got the Daytona 200 coming up. Um, you know, hey, shiny side up, rubber side down. You know, I'm Jason with my man Bo, again, the master of the dramatic pause, <laughs> saying good night, stay safe. We'll talk again next week after the race. Have a good one, guys.